This story was supported by the Pulitzer Center. I know he used to do nice stuff for you, but what has he done for you lately? Let's kick it! Welcome to Threshold, I'm Amy Martin, and this is a season two extra, a little nugget of additional tape from our Arctic reporting. And as I was traveling around the Arctic, I often had these two songs running through my head simultaneously. It was kind of a bizarre mashup from my adolescence. Yes, I am a proud member of Generation X. So what do these songs have to do with the Arctic? I guess the ice part is pretty obvious, but why Janet Jackson? Well, that question she's asking kept ringing in my ears because the more I learned about the Arctic, the more I realized that it is doing stuff for us. All of us. We're in a relationship with the frozen stuff at the poles of our planet, but so far it's been a really one-sided deal. Take permafrost, for instance. It's been providing tons of carbon storage for us, and we've been mostly ignoring it. So there's a mammoth bone right here, just sticking out of the wall. I'm walking with a group of scientists through a huge tunnel bored into the side of a hill near Fairbanks, Alaska. It's owned by a U.S. Army research lab, and Tom Douglas is our guide. And then there's a step bison horn right there. You can just barely see it just sticking right out of the wall. It's kind of the tip's broken off of it. This is the permafrost tunnel, a cold, dark network of caves carved into frozen soil. It's dusty in here and loud too. Huge fans are running to pull out any warmth and moisture we bring in. Because this tunnel is a frozen museum of sorts, a collection of paleolithic bones locked in time. As Tom leads us into this man-made warren, he casually points out the remains emerging from the sooty walls. And there's a bunch more bones in this part of the tunnel. We'll point them out as we go along. That jawbone with the teeth on it came right out of there. Permafrost is soil that's been continuously frozen for two years or more. And the soil in this tunnel definitely qualifies. It's been frozen since the last ice age. It's just a, a mammoth tusk fragment right there, that little tiny piece right there. Hand-painted signs saying things like, bone 14,000 years old are propped up in the dirt all along the walkway. And there's more than just ancient animals preserved here. This is a, a series of roots. Kevin Schaefer is a permafrost scientist who just happens to be on this tour with me. He works with the National Snow and Ice Data Center in Colorado. So you could see big woody roots like from trees. You could also see fine roots hanging down and they're all through here. And in fact, over here you can see grass hanging from the ceiling upside down. I reached up and touched this little clump of Paleolithic lawn. This is 20-something thousand-year-old grass. You can see it's still green. It still has this chlorophyll in it. Oh my god. It was pretty extraordinary. This grass might have been nibbled by a woolly mammoth. And like Tom said, it was still green. This is the magic of permafrost. It stores things in their original condition. I wasn't touching fossilized bones or petrified grass. This was the actual stuff, just frozen. It was awesome in the literal sense, but it was also sobering. This is the organic material that we talk about frozen in the permafrost. If you listen to season two of our show, you already know that when you hear the word organic, you should think carbon. Organic material is carbon-based material. 
it's kind of like broccoli in your freezer and as long as it stays frozen it stays stable it's when it thaws out it'll start decaying again bones grass bison horns everything we're looking at here frozen in the permafrost is a source of carbon and there's something else that's been stored here too the bacteria that's here frozen at minus 2C, that's 18,000 years old, is actually still alive and viable in almost a dormant state. It is still eating and exchanging basically the energy in the very small unfrozen pockets of material that are around it. So if you thaw it out and put it in a petri dish, it comes back to life instantly. Basically, these walls are alive in a weird sense. Despite 18,000 years of below freezing temperatures, the microorganisms in this soil aren't dead. They're just moving very, very slowly. At any time, they can kick back into gear and continue doing what they're meant to do in the world, break down organic matter, which moves carbon from the soil to the atmosphere. All they need to do is warm up. And again, if you already listened to our whole Arctic season, you know the rest of this story. There's twice as much carbon stored in Arctic permafrost soils as we currently have in the atmosphere. Twice as much. That's why Janet Jackson was looping in my head, because this frozen soil has done so much for us. It's kept all of this carbon locked in place for millennia. And that's helped to keep our climate in this relatively stable, not too hot, not too cold zone. But as we heat up the planet by burning fossil fuels, we could trigger this much greater release of carbon from Arctic soils. And it's worth noting that between the time that that clump of grass was frozen into the soil and today, when it's at risk of thawing out, that's the time period when human civilizations really blossomed. Everything we've created as a species, from the first written word to the International Space Station, has been built in this time, and with the assistance of the Arctic's climate-stabilizing forces. Permafrost, sea ice, and massive chunks of land ice like the Greenland Ice Sheet, these things have been serving our needs as a species, helping to create the habitat that has really worked for us. And we've been taking them for granted. It's never occurred to most human beings to consider what our lives would be like without a frozen Arctic, because it's never even seemed possible that it could melt. Until now. Thanks for listening to this Threshold Extra. We're sharing this with you as part of a special week-long collaboration between journalists all over the world. It's called Covering Climate Now, and the idea is to highlight the amount and diversity of climate-related news stories happening on our planet leading up to the United Nations Climate Summit on September 23rd. You can be part of this effort to lift up climate reporting by sharing this or any other climate stories you come across this week using the hashtag CoveringClimateNow. We've got a whole lot more stories in the works for you over here at Threshold, and we're also expanding our team. If you work in development or social media, or if you're interested in interning with us, go to thresholdpodcast.org to see all of the opportunities. And while you're there, you might want to join our mailing list. We send out emails about once a month with pictures from the field and news about upcoming episodes. It's all at thresholdpodcast.org. <laughs>